The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Despite what their moms told them, they just aren't talented enough for radio. Unfortunately, anyone can have a show these days. Sean. Well, I'm pretty hard to figure out sometimes. I can't figure myself out sometimes, so don't you try to. Joe. You're an idiot and really a disloyal person. This is the Cuse Militia. Those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. It's the most bullshit thing I've seen in 30 years. Welcome, orange men and ladies. Happy Wednesday. This is the Cuse Militia with Sean and Joe. And we still got nothing. Again, from Joe. That's three episodes in a row with no oh. crack. I heard nothing. Accuse Militia on the socials. Go there, join the freaking militia. If you still love mediocre content for Syracuse basketball and football, go there, join it. And you will be pleasantly fulfilled with mediocrity from myself and mostly Joe's beer cracks, which are performing below mediocre currently. Ah. That's... I just told Joe right before we came on that every every time we do this, he disappoints me some way. That's the third time today. But I'm not disappointed in him as much as I am disappointed in the Syracuse basketball team as they suffered their first home loss of the year. 85 to 69 to Florida State last night. They dropped to 13 and 6, 4 and 4 in the ACC after that quad three loss and um, a, a, a quad one win. Actually, not anymore. Again, Florida State beats Syracuse. It was a quad one um, game for them at the time. And uh, by the time the night was said and done, or Monday morning came and the net rankings came back out, Syracuse dropped from 68 to 82. Wow. So um, Syracuse down by 20 at one point, up by one at the half. Uh, Just couldn't see anything fall. Bad offense turns to bad defense, turns to sad efforts, turns to Judeman's trying to carry the back on his team, and this isn't that team. And they they will never, ever, ever be able to recover like that. Syracuse in their wins have done great. Uh, a lot of times they struggle to get there, but the ones they they won and pulled off, they they did pretty, pretty I don't want to say handily, but we only had one cardiac Cuse game. So it was it was within control towards the end of the game on, on the great majority of those. Uh, but when they lose, baby, they freaking do it right. Like, there is no cardiac cues loss this year. It, it is just loss. And um, they have getting, gotten hammered. And I don't know what it looks like for... I should have looked this up. But 16 turnovers uh, for Syracuse yesterday. 
and um, only created nine. Now, we mentioned uh, Florida State was going to go about 12 deep, and they did. Damn close. If my number, my number really is 10, but they had a couple nine-minute guys in there, and um, they really went. They really went about 11, really. But anyways, with that said, look, we're only we're only going, you know, seven, eight, and um, the bench points 29 to 16. I think Florida State had over 50 points in the paint. Um, I mean, you can't do much worse than one for 14 from behind the arc, 7%. And um, when the shots are dropping, Syracuse has got a shot at winning a game. But when the shots are dropping, the energy's there, the defense is there, and they just couldn't guard last night. I think they get. I think they did get wore out. I mean, Coach Autry said as much. That's not something that Coach Beheim was ever willing to admit. I mean, we all knew that was uh, – Oh, I'd say living in a fantasy world, but of course these guys get burnt out when you got fresh legs constantly rotated in. It didn't matter how many guys they got in foul trouble, uh, although they did a they did do a pretty damn good job. You know, if this is a regular size, regular depth team, there's an issue there. It's just not. They were it, Florida State can overcome that, and um, so it was never a real issue, uh, even though you got a couple guys close. But, you know, when you do get to the line, and Syracuse did, Judah Mintz misses five in a row. I mean, that never bodes well. Even if they go ahead and they hit the other 11 shots, um, and we give them all 11, I, I don't know what kind of trend the game would have been at, but it's not enough points to, to win it the way it ended up. So just just there's a lot of things to point to. And a lot of times in losses, there's only a couple. This just was a – this was just – it was a, it was a team effort fail. It really was. Uh, Quadier got in trouble quickly with fouls. Uh, Judah, uh, Judah was saying that the, you know, the rotation was screwed up. Um, they were getting, they were getting bossed around in there by Watkins, and um, you know he, of course, he had a career high, twenty seven. So you know that's how that goes for Syracuse, and it's. He's playing like an NBA player, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, he looked I mean, like an NBA player yesterday. He did. And, and it's just, it's a frustrating game to watch. It's as close as it was being up by one at half and then just losing it. Just losing it. Once it got to once it got to six or eight in the second half, you saw it. Just the, 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 the gears switched and the energy, effort, and all. All of the good things that were in the first half were not to be seen anymore. And despite the foul shooting woes in the first half, they were still in the game. And um, you I know. still think we were in there. I think we were too. Until, like eight, eight, ten minutes in the second quarter. I mean, we took a, the biggest lead that we had, and I'm like, okay, yeah, eight. And then it which was eight? Of, yeah, seven, I believe. But still, I mean, when you look at it. It wasn't even the rebounding. It was the defense um, to what uh, Judah spoke about. Like, and the number one, you know, you saw the the uh, visual that they showed yesterday on, on TV about the percentage of time that Florida State presses. And even though they didn't get a lot of 10-second uh, violation. They got one 10-second violation, but they didn't get a lot of turnovers out of it. But it definitely no. slowed us down. It definitely gave us something to think about, and it made us work a little bit harder. Um, and all that stuff, you know, I think that all attributes to to wearing, um, you know, the team down. 
And the other thing, too, is Florida State, I mean, they, they play this deep so that they can do that, right? Like you said, if it was a regular-sized team that didn't you know, have seven guys coming off the bench at some point, then they probably wouldn't play that physical because they know they can't play that physical. Um, so with how deep they go and the size that they have, um, you know, it's it's – pretty easy for them to say this is going to be our defense philosophy no matter who's in there and fouls aren't really going to bother them right uh so yeah um we saw against miami they had a couple guys who got in foul trouble and i think that probably hurt them and it's probably a big reason why we beat them but florida state can kind of overcome that and they really shot bad in the first half and um you know we couldn't keep a guy in front of watkins we couldn't stop um we stop and to be perfectly honest with you, um, when some of the big men got the ball down down low, you know, we had trouble defending them as well. I mean, you look at, you know, um, Corn and uh, Miller, for example, both had some, you know, 10 and, 10 and 12 points down low. Like you said, they had 50 points in the paint. So, um, you know, the way that that game was going, we had to stay in front of them and, and make them shoot jumpers from the outside, and we just allowed them to get too many easy baskets. And, um, yeah, whether it's a good excuse or not, we looked worn out once we got around the eight-minute mark in the second half. Um, yes. And, um, you know, you'd take, the, you'd take the lumps on this one. Unfortunately, like I said, it's a quad three loss, and so we're five and one in the quad three. Um, bracket right now and um, I don't think this is by any means a, a, like a dramatic uh, some kind of dramatic like we're done that's it we gotta win out or we gotta win X amount of games I don't believe in the X amount of games thing anymore I don't like putting a number on it we used to say 20 right now I'm hearing a little bit higher I mean it's it's just it doesn't matter they just gotta go try to win games and that's it they you know they they don't have to shoot for a number it's not it's not one of those things anymore i just don't think that's how it works anymore but um with that said it's it's a it this team's better than what i think they are ranked in the quadrant system right now and uh i think that we'll see probably them creep up to maybe a quad two loss at some point i believe so too and so at the end of the day, you know, it's still kind of early in conference play and everybody's got a chance to go ahead and, and do better. And, you know, I think, you know, you even have a chance of Pitt um, becoming a quad one win, two, times two. I mean, there's still time for that. I mean, anything can happen right now. And so the whole thing's fluid and there's plenty of basketball left. I don't think there's any reason to hit the panic button, but when I looked at these two games coming up, this one in NC State, and I said, you know, I really think they need one of them. Uh, You know, this was the one I thought was the most realistic, I think, to think, for me, to think that they're going to go ahead and they're going to go and show out and come back against Florida State, or excuse me, NC State, I don't think is... I don't know. It's tough to say. This is a different animal. They're not going to face it. They're not going to face a team like this again th- this year that I know of in the ACC. Well, when you talk about height and stuff like that, I mean, yeah, I don't height know and depth. Any, <clears throat> height and depth. I mean, you know, fans, uh, Florida State, and North Carolina. I don't know how many teams are built like that. So, um, and like again, to your point, I mean, we had a lot more turnovers than they did, and. Uh, 
we didn't shoot well at all. JJ went from shooting lights out to not being able to hit anything. We'll be a one of 14 from the three point line. Um, so yeah. Um, so we, and, and also too, quite ears been a spark off the bench and Starling too. I mean, not off the bench, but you know what I'm saying? He was, well, yeah, I, I mean, I just spoke with Starling going from what he shot on Saturday to yesterday. It isn't comparable. He still needs to hit some of those and we definitely need Chris to Bell. hit more free throws. You know, I did like how he did get to the free throw line as much, but Quadir is a spark off the bench and he never really got going in, you know, by the time he got in the game and, and I just felt like he never really got in rhythm, and I feel like I feel like we really didn't have we were really were just weren't in, into the game. I feel like as 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 we have been as far as not like we're not trying, but like I think that Florida State kept them out of a lot of stuff that they normally are pretty successful at, and that gets them going, gets the confidence going, and uh, yeah, I mean kudos to Florida State and into. Um, <clears throat> What'd you say? Go ahead. My computer started going berserk. What'd you say? Say that again. Well, I was just saying kudos to Florida State for their defensive effort and taking, you know, taking, you know, what we what we do best away and making us have to shoot threes and, and do other things and, and making every basket hard. Um, you know, like I said, not every team can do that, but you know, Florida State for that reason was was why I was nervous as far as their their height and um, how we were going to defend them down low, and then just obviously how they just defend you and put pressure on you and just never stop. Um, so it's just relentless. Um, in the past, in the in the last three losses, which is going to be Florida State, it's going to be UNC, and it's going to be Duke. 16 turnovers against Florida State, 17 against UNC, 17 against Duke. It's 50 turnovers in the three losses. And just not being able to take care of the ball. And the, 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 the length of Florida State was obviously an issue yesterday with passing and even inbounding the ball at one point. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and we had some uncharacteristic turnovers. Turnovers, as well. yeah. Yeah, like Malik Brown had a couple that he normally doesn't do. And true, but that's the that's the that's the difference in the team that you're playing too. There's a frustration level there, and there's also a there is also a, a sense of urgency. And when you know you have some of those things in game play, then that's where you can tend to either be composed and gather it up and go after it, or um, get yourself in a bad mental place and panic. And when when you panic and there's it just creates those types of mistakes. And Malik Malik Brown uncharacteristic. Un, I can say it. I can't uncharacter uncharacteristically. <laughs> had he just did not have like a Malik Brown game yesterday. He wasn't creating the turnovers. He wasn't getting in there and um, grabbing the grabbing the. Um, the ball and whatnot and kind of just being being a, 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 nuance, a, a nuisance, you know. He, he did have 12 rebounds. I thought that Syracuse did a tremendous job on the boards again. And um, yeah. I think they won. Yeah, they were plus uh, three on the boards. And we worried about that coming into the game, which is excellent. But at the end of the day, shots aren't falling. And, you know, you could talk about the defense, and I agree, but it started with the offense. And the offense couldn't score, and then the defense went south. And that's typical – I mean, it's typical yeah. college basketball. But um, let's uh, let's go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do what? I was just going to say, most likely, too, I mean, those rebound numbers are where they are because 
they had 50 points in the paint and shot at a 49% rate last night. So um, I don't think there was a lot of rebounds to be had. Well, that's also true. I mean, there's always that factor when you look at rebounding numbers, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, the the um, the discrepancy at the at the line, 22-33, you know, again, we should have had done a little bit better there with that. We had our opportunities. Judah did a great job getting to the line um, the whole game, except for, you know, there was some times where there was a lull in the action for him as far as that goes. But, um, right. but anyway, uh, it is what it is. We move on. But, we, you know, I asked for your thoughts on the game. I'm going to do a couple thoughts on the game, and then uh, I'll let Joe jump in on with some fan feedback from Facebook and then – uh, we did put a poll out, and I think it's I think it's telling, and, and I just want to uh, I just want to um, just talk about it. I don't want to have a huge conversation. Uh, if you listen to the end of the last show, we had a conversation about the stand and clap. So I wanted to get everybody's thoughts, and I did. And uh, I don't know if I was surprised or disappointed, but either way, we'll talk about that. But first, we're going to do a little bit of fan feedback at Roger Clark forty one. Disappointing effort. You would think they would come out of Saturday's win with some momentum, but not so much. Um, we talked about having a big crowd there Joe we were in a group text Uh, we saw how many tickets were available Yeah, and I'm not saying that was the factor but I'm saying it sure doesn't hurt to have a little bit more people there and the place was kind of quiet. And, you know, there you could watch them exiting at one point. But yeah, the momentum um, you would think is is good. But you know, I think you know when they talk about facing an NC State team this Saturday, which NC State plays tonight, they play Virginia. Um, most of you have already that game will be over by the time you hear my voice say that. But um, Syracuse has done a tremendous job of rebounding after losses, and. We'll see how that goes on Saturday against NC State. So, uh, as far as momentum goes, I, they I feel like they've they're a be, they're a really good rebounding team when it comes to coming back and and showing you that they're still around, and that's all we can hope for right now because that game's done, right? Yep. Our buddy Nadal on and Darwish ONC. I don't know what the ONC is. We'll have to ask. Florida State is a good team. Beat Wake, Miami, Virginia Tech, and only lost to UNC by eight. We lost by 35, y'all. In no universe is that a bad loss. Regroup and get some more wins to bolster our resume, and we should be okay. Uh, I would I would completely agree with that. I don't think they're a bad team. Like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if pretty soon this is a quad two loss. Obviously, we should all be rooting for Florida State because you don't want that quad three loss on the on the record come uh, determination time, right? Right. Uh, at David Super, the Miami game was fun with a memorable ending, but Noah, our boy Noah, at Noah Blanchard 44, said it after. Didn't love the offense. It was Bayheim's live and die by three philosophy. We lived on Saturday versus Miami, and now we died in ugly death versus FSU. One for 14 from deep, ain't beating anyone. Yeah, in the, in the games that Syracuse has pulled off, even the close ones, even the good ones, maybe the ones that they should have, would have, could have, not even won, they shot well. And they just didn't shoot well yesterday. So, um, 
I mean, it's so easy to sit here. Like I told Joe before we went on, I was like, look, there's not much to say about a loss. I mean, we could talk about a win. We could talk, we could point out key players. We could, we could give accolades. We can give attaboys. We can do all that stuff. When it comes to a loss, I mean, we all watch the game, right? So I think there's plenty of blame to go around and, and it's not fun to talk about a loss. In fact, uh, it ran through my mind to, to say, uh, you know, maybe we just do wins. That would make the show fun. Right, Joe? We'll just do wins. Wins only. We don't come back after a loss. Take the, <laughs> take the, take the day off. Take PTO day. Uh, at MC Dennis, terrible. This team is very hot and cold. Not going to win any more games this year. Come on. What a dumb comment. That's so dumb. I'm sorry. Wow. Um, at Giant 4 Fan, uh, free throws matter. Yeah, I'm sick of hearing that. Free throws matter, but and we don't know what the game would have looked like, like I said, if you hit the free throws. But it, we we were beat by, by, you know, further than the, more than the free throw spread would have been. So, at No Blanchard, speaking of No Blanchard, if we shot this low of a percentage from the free throw, the free throw line in three-point line, we're not beating anyone. Needed this one to solidify a bubble spot. Lots of season left, but I don't see us making the tournament without a signature win. Joe, what do you think about the signature win? And when you look on the schedule for Syracuse, you know, you've got, you've got plenty out there. You've got UNC that's going to be coming to the Dome. Uh, obviously, they're ranked three in the country right now. That's the only slated ranked team that we currently have uh, to look forward to. But you got teams that might get there, like NC State, I feel is like right there, and that's a good opportunity. But what's going to be a signature win besides North Carolina uh, if you want to talk signature wins, Joe? Huh. Great question. Because realistically, you can only play who is in front of you, right? Yeah. And we spoke about this before with all the net rankings and all that other stuff. Like a signature win, like it all depends on where you start. Like it's almost like where you start in the rankings, and it gives everybody a, a leg up. And all of a sudden, everyone else has got to catch up. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's tough to say what a signature win is, right? And then you almost have to wait to the end of the year to find out, right? And then on top of that, when you look at it, I mean, how do we know? I don't know. It's you only you can only play who's in front of you, right? Right, exactly. I mean, that's the way that I look at it. And when you look at our schedule right now, the only teams that are being talked about about going in the tournament right now that I've seen. NC You're State, at, UNC, uh, and UNC, Duke, Clemson, and Florida State—or not Florida State, Wake Forest—are like the top four that I see. So realistically, a game at Wake Forest, obviously the North Carolina game, and then obviously Clemson you know the, twice. The, the two Clemson games, especially the last one at Clemson. Um, that's that's really it, right? But. That doesn't mean that a lot of these other teams can't beat you, or, or I, I don't know. I just I think the ACC has got a bad rap. I don't know what's going on because it seems like, you know, there's Power Five conferences in football and in basketball, and for some reason, um, the past couple of years, and again, I don't know if there's politics involved or whatever, but it looks like ACC is just getting super, just just a lack of respect when it comes to 
you know, us compared to other Power Five um, conferences. And you saw some of the stuff last night. They showed it. They showed how many teams have made the tournament. And how, I mean, I don't know if they were talking about the last two or three years, and then the records in the tournament and everything. And I mean, at the end of the day, the ACC, the teams that show up in the, in the NCAA tournament for the ACC, they usually show out. And meanwhile, you get nine, ten teams from the Big Ten, and by the Sweet Sixteen, they're all gone. So I just don't know. There's got to be a better way, and uh, uh, you can't just rank all these ACC teams low and then throughout the whole season just be like, oh, well, they didn't have a signature win because these teams aren't ranked. Like, they're not I, – I don't know. I just I don't like starting teams off at a certain rank and then going off of that. Like, can't we all just start, like, clean slate and then we just start going off of it? Just start, like, game one? I, I just don't – I don't like the way that it's set up, and it just seems to me like it's set up for the ACC to fail. Well, it feels that way. I mean, but you never know. We're we we've we've kind of beat the drum on the whole system thing, and ain't shit you can do about it. So, but beat the drum, and I guess we're just gonna have to wait and see. But I mean, like I mentioned, NC State. I feel like NC State should be a freaking tournament team. I mean, I don't know. I don't know, man. You know, this quad system was supposed to show us, give us a good idea of what the sixty-eight were gonna look like, and. Those should coincide to some degree. And one's a one's a formula, and one's a uh, who knows, right? It's more human manipulated than anything. But my point is, is that it was supposed to give you a good gauge. And I feel like when we talked about this last episode, you know, I felt like it gave us a good gauge at first for the first couple of years, and now I feel like it's we're drifting away from it, and uh, I don't feel like it means a ton anymore. And well, we didn't know, right? We didn't know at the time, but it seemed like it would be reasonable. We gave him the benefit of the doubt big time, Joe. Do you remember that? Yeah, we did. 100%. 100% we did. But now you get these teams that we spoke about, Michigan State and a lot of these other teams. I mean, Michigan State's 11-7, and and in bracketology, they're a nine seed. And why? Why is that? Because, oh, because the NCAA decided to just rank all these Big Ten teams up there in in the rankings, and then they do good in the nighttime schedule, and then all of a sudden everybody's in the top 30 in the damn – net and now everything's a tough win and everything's a great win and and there's never a bad loss like and they don't move anywhere like the non-conference and where you start sets up the whole the whole conversation for for you know play and we talked about this later last year and now it's just you know it's something that's on my radar and that i'm looking at and sure as shit you know it's happening again and that's what it is is where you start and what your conference does in the non-conference sets the whole table. Because now you got a uh, 75% of your conference that's in the top 30 net. So every away game is a quad one game. Right? See, see, every that's... home game is a quad two game. Like they're playing ones and twos and ones and twos. And then you sit there and you say, oh, well, of course they're going to get quad one wins when they play that many quad one games. They're playing 10 quad one games in conference. Why can't we do that? Well, because all our, you know, half of our conference gets ranked from the beginning outside of the top 100. In theory, claw our way back, playing against Cornell and Colgate. In theory, those wins and losses amongst all the teams throughout the year of that conference should equal out to be more than broader. Do do you know what I'm saying? Like, at some point, that's got to there's got to be separation between. Who is really good, and then who is really over was overrated within the system? At some point towards the end of the year or wherever, that the formula is true should equal out. But you're right. If you start 
where you're not supposed to start because they're putting you somewhere where they feel like you should be based upon your recruiting class or what you did last year or Where'd who's returning, right? Where'd we start? In the mid-100s? Uh, yeah. It was, we, well, yeah. Well, we talked about it. Ken, uh, David brought it up. You know, Ken Pomeroy yeah. had us with nine wins. Do you know how good you have to be to go from 170 to up in the top 30? I mean, you have to be almost perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You saw how far we dropped. Uh, did I mention it? I thought I did. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, we went. I mean, we yeah. jumped up pretty good when we beat Miami, right? I mean, we didn't jump up twelve, and I feel like Miami was a better win than than. No, that's because where Florida State is, and again, this is the other thing: is, is to me, to me, non-conference should be separate. That's really what my thing is. I think that non-conference should be judged separately. They look at that stuff at the end when they want to look at, oh, well, what's one of your, okay. We can look at these two teams that are on the bubble. Okay, they're very similar in conference play. Well, what, well, how did their non-conference go, right? But to me, non-conference is just a warm-up. It's the beginning of the year. Teams lose to Lipscomb and Colgate and some of these other teams, and that shouldn't hurt you like that bad. True because down. you're getting players back. You're, I mean, you have transfers. You have freshmen getting players back from injury. So obviously there's injuries in the beginning of the season. That's fine. But what I'm saying is is that non-conference, you play it, and then I feel like start over, start from scratch. Boom, ACC play, and then you judge that by what they do in their conference. Maybe. Don't judge the whole season on where you were ranked from the beginning and then what you did in the first 10 games when there's still 22 other so- games don't so don't rank teams until I just I'm just saying I'm not, I didn't mean to cut you off but I'm just saying you don't rank teams until the non-conference is over and see where everybody should be. Yeah. Play non-conference and then rank from there, and then you have your quad games, you have your rankings, and then you start conference play, and everyone's playing in conference based on because, strength of schedule, wins and losses, all that. I mean, not you can't do a strength of schedule. I mean, you can. Well, I you guess. can after the after after the non conference is over. There should be a reset because people get it wrong, and just because Michigan State is started at twelfth and they're normally good, and then now they're eleven and seven and they're playing all these good teams, they don't move anywhere. So at the end of the day, I mean, if you're getting if you're getting kudos for just losing games against good teams, I mean, shit, we're doing that. Yeah, it's easy to do. You know, like, okay, they're 11 and 7. We'll look at their strength of schedule. Well, yeah, well, they're losing all the, the tough games, same as us. Yeah. So, why are they why are they scheduling all those tough teams? But I think there's got to be something. I think that there should be a reset after non-conference. Then you do the reset of the rankings. Then you go into conference, and you base the majority of it on the conference, the conference tournaments, all that stuff. And then if there's a tie, if it's close, then you can look at the non-conference. Say, okay, how'd they do in non-conference? How'd they do the full body of work? But right now, the non-conference sets the table for your conference play when really your conference play should be the most important, should be what, what moves the needle more than anything. You know what I'm saying? Like, who cares if you had an upset in early November when we're talking and we're in March? Teams are completely different at that point. And just because you beat a Kentucky in November or you lost to a Lipscomb, it shouldn't be the end-all, be-all when you went through and you just dominated or you did very well in your conference. Right. Um, okay, well, let's continue. 
I just got a couple more. Adsall Team Warrior, still four. It's still an immature and lazy team. Free throws, renouncing, hustle plays. All were huge red flags tonight. Q3 loss like this could keep us out of the tourney. I, I, I understand the frustration. I was frustrated yesterday too. And, I mean, the thought crossed my mind, but you got to be – and then this is immediate reaction from uh, Salty Warrior. But, you know, th- there is plenty of time to make up for it, and we'll see what happens. We were in the same boat w- w- with our mental state last year at this time, and, you know, it turned out obviously we didn't make it. But, you know, we've been here before where we have made it, and we just got to know that there's X amount of games left, and we still got a shot. So at Barry Cuse, like that, Syracuse Barry. Justin Taylor doesn't belong in the roster, let alone the starting lineup. Giving Red a pass on this this year. Wait until he brings his guys in and go from there. Flashes with this team, but tonight came down to depth and athleticism. I mean, Justin Taylor makes me cringe a little bit, but he, he does. I th- <laughs> just, I love him. I want him to do good so bad. You know what I mean? I He's got yeah. the size. You know what I'm saying? He's got the build. He just. He's got to use it, man. Be stronger with everything. Yeah. You know, because he's a strong guy. Eric from Facebook says that Justin Taylor should be playing in D3. Uh, See, I don't know, man. I I hate that shit. Huh? I hate that that whole, I mean, yes, are there people or players that they get recruited to to Power 5 or Power 6 teams and they don't turn, like, pan out and, you know, okay, maybe it's just too high of, you know, Competition, like sure, right? Um, but he's way better than D three. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just I wish he would use his size a little bit. He's built. He's a built kid. Um, you know, get in yeah, there and be I, aggressive. I mean, I, he does some of the things that he needs to do on the boards and 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 defensively sometimes he's just got to get a shot going that's the thing people don't see your shot going in and they think you stink yeah and that's what coach alluded to on uh on a show earlier last week too is that you know justin taylor does he is a heady player and he does have some you know he does make some good defensive plays and earlier in the season he was one of the leading you know rebounders and stuff like that so um but obviously you know you get to a certain point where they're asking him to guard, you know, power forwards and centers, and there's some athletic, you know, gaps as well, athleticism gaps. You know, I wonder sometimes. He's, he's second on the team in average rebounds per game. Right. With his minutes, guys. Yeah. And I think, honestly. Um, Only behind Malik, Malik Brown. Right. And how many times have we seen players it take two, three, four years to, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes it takes just a little bit longer uh, to click or get that confidence. Jesse Edwards. Like he, of D1 player. It's yeah. just sometimes I question was he recruited to come in and shoot threes and play the 2-3 zone and does he necessarily fit in this system? Just, Jesse Edwards took a couple years. I know you, Joe's not using his equipment right now so when I speak he can't hear me right away. So, um, But but yeah, Jesse Edwards was one of those guys. Took Jesse Edwards a couple years. We, I mean, we, we've said plenty of negative things about Jesse about being soft and not strong with the ball on the inside and um, not being able to dribble worth a damn. And, I mean, um, which we had some of those problems last night, too, as far as the dribbling goes. Um, Justin Taylor, honestly, being one of them, uh, um, him, between him and Bell, getting the ball taken from him. But, 
mean, that happens with those bigger guys. But yeah, he does he does do some defensive things that I think garner his his minutes. I mean, you know, a, a guy like Justin Taylor's only. I mean, I say only. Well, he's averaging twenty five minutes a game. I thought it was less than that until I just looked at it. So anyway, um, let me continue here uh, at Bonafide MW. Uh, Got to learn how to break a press, pass hard on transition, drive in hard, coast to coast cutting, slowing them down has bad outcomes. Every loss was making them play slow half court iso ball. Uh, the press is kryptonite to this team. I, well, I think this, I don't, they had the one second violation, like we mentioned, Joe. I mean, like you said, it just I think it just warmed down, it did slow the game down. But when they were running downhill and they did it for a while. They were doing it. When they were able to run downhill, they were successful. And yep. they were scoring a lot down there, but they were only scoring a lot doing that. That's the only time they were scoring. If they weren't doing that, the jump shots were flat. And, yep. and so, you know, once that was kind of once, – once it didn't work a, f- a few times and they had some empty trips, like particularly at the end of the game when we lost control of it, that's what happened. They just weren't – they couldn't get in there to do it. They weren't seeing anything fall, and the defense went to shit, and it was just ugly after that, period. Yeah. So, um, all right, Joe, look, let's – do you have anything else? No, I, I just thought I, it was funny. There's one real good one okay. uh, to me personally. Um, Fred says, three-point shooters equals zero. Team is not gelling, not much energy. Fans were boring, very neutral, mm. no excitement. Benny seems disinterested. I don't think I didn't get that from Benny last night. I didn't. No, I didn't. Um, you know, I feel like Benny's been particularly good the, since since well since we lambasted him <laughs> moderately here on the show uh, a while back after Coach said something. So um, he's been tremendous. Well, I won't say he's been tremendous, but he's been way better since then. Um, and I haven't seen a relapse in it. Uh, but he mentions the fans, bro. I, I gotta be honest, man. And I'm not there. And, and so it's, it, it, I, I, I understand the, the criticisms of, well, you don't even live here and you don't go to the games. So what are you bitching about? Um, the crowd was terrible, dude. Did you, did you see some of it like up close? Did you see the standing clap? Dude, y'all weren't even clapping. Some of you, you're just standing. I'd say 25% of them were clapping, Twenty, the, uh, and then 75% of them were just standing there, not doing anything. Right. Yeah. So I put out a poll. Put out a poll before the game. Thoughts on the standing clap. Okay, you had three choices. We need to do something else. I love standing and clapping, and I don't care. Don't care came at 327 votes. I don't care came in at 19%. With 50.2%, I love standing and clapping. And that right there is the problem, is that this is a small sample size of 327 people. But for me, that is a telling poll to have 50.2% say you love standing and clapping and 30.9% say we need something else. That's why it won't change. That's why our kids' kids are going to see people standing and maybe clapping at the, when they're our age. Standing and maybe clapping while the blue hairs sit on their ass up in the rafters. And there's just, it's just when, when I saw these results come in and I was like, it just makes so, so much sense to me. And how dare I 
even put this out to make a point when I got totally demolished in it. My point was to be made was that, listen, the fans hate this. Let's change it. But apparently, I'm in the minority. <laughs> I had no idea. I thought for sure we were in the majority, <laughs> Joe. I had no idea. That's how stupid I am. I thought that people hated this. No, they love it. They love standing and clapping or standing only. They love it, Joe. You surprised by that? Um, no. 50.2%, bro. Um, this is my guess. My guess, and I'm, the reason why I say no is, number one, we don't know exactly. You know, there could be a lot of trolls, right? And then on top of that, That's are these true. People, and are these people actually going to the game and actually having to live through this? Well, you could go through and the comments. I know comments. you ain't standing in the class at the, damn, at the house. That's damn true. You can go and through the comments, it's funny because bro. I can go full circle. And I remember when I was in the military before I went overseas, the year that, thank God, I got to watch us win a national championship before I went and did that. But in my in my barracks, you know, it was a place to hang out and, you know, play video games, drink, whatever. And, uh, you know, I was watching those games. And if you were in that season, if you were in my room and you wanted to hang out and watch the Syracuse game, then you were standing and clapping in my barracks, in my room. I made anybody stand and clap until we made the first damn shot. And I enforced that in my room. And now, full circle, at 40 years old, I can't stand it. <laughs> I almost want to write apology letters to those people. Um, you, should. you should. You should send them a text or something. <laughs> Look, they drink my beer, so it is what it is. But, yeah, I mean, oh, okay. and it's not. And I think that the people see it. I mean, TJ on Facebook, um, Kalbach, said, he said, his, this is his comment, was crowd attendance 417. <laughs> like, it was just... It was bad. It's tough. So I don't know. I mean, like I said, if those people go or don't go, I don't know. All I know is is that it's just... We've talked about it. It doesn't make any sense. we got to do something different. And also, too, I'm, to what you were saying... You know, to, you know, any type of response, if you have fans that are like, oh, well, you live in Virginia Beach, you don't go, you don't have any, like, all these people, all these fans, they're demanding a better product, they're demanding wins, they're demanding these kind of things, this is what they want. Um, so, why wouldn't you want to be a part of doing something or fixing something or being a crowd and being allowed so that you can help change that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, oh, be it. Okay, yeah, we're not there. That's fine, right? So, like, okay, we're calling out fans for not being not being loud. Okay, fair. But if you want a better team and you're going to the game and you're getting to go to the game, then why aren't you being loud? Jump on board. Jump on board, yeah. We can't go to those games. Would we have season tickets for basketball? I would. If I would have season tickets to both. I don't know. I would. But I think I, I would have them going. for both, just for family. I mean, to you, you don't use them, you give them away, but you got them. Right. So I just, I don't know. It's it's just one of those things where, you know, if we were there, I mean, we can say these things, but even if I didn't have, even if I didn't have season tickets, I would be at a majority of the games like I was when I was living there. So, and I was loud as shit. I've left that dome so many damn times, horse, lost my voice. Um, 
I've always looked at it like we were a part of the game, and it's been it's an awesome feeling even leaving the dome and thinking like, damn, it was loud. We won. They had some penalties. Like, damn, we were a part of that W. We were a part of that win. It's like it's like a prideful moment for a fan. I mean, you actually you put in the effort as well. Um, and I just wish that more fans were like that versus feeling like they are just you know owed Guaranteed. owed a good product. Yeah. Guaranteed, but something. they don't have to put in any time, money, or effort. Yeah. Um, well, this conversation will continue. For me, though, um, I don't see an end in sight to it. And just please, just please, if you could. Go back, watch, watch, everything is rewatchable. Go back and watch the beginning of that game in the beginning of halftime and look at that crowd and what that crowd is doing. And mind you, we were up by one after the half, playing a pretty resilient game. Just check them out. We're, like, it's pathetic. I'm sorry. It's the only word I have for it. Pathetic. Yep. I thought it stunk. So anyway. Um, that's, that's, that's all I got about Florida state. Look at my, the, the schedule of the show is going to be, um, on, we're going to be on hiatus for a little bit. I don't know when I'll be able to be back. I'm going to be on West coast time. I've got, um, the, uh, I've got some work stuff to do. I'm going to be extremely busy. Uh, last year I, when I went, I tried to bring off my equipment. I did bring all of my equipment. Um, at least the travel, a travel podcast, uh, kit. And uh, I never even got a chance to, to take it out of the luggage and, and even bother setting it up. So I'm not even going to bother this time because it was a hassle to bring it. So um, next week is going to be tough. We're not going to get here after the um, North Carolina State game. And I don't even know what's after. What is after that, Joe? It is. Um, at Boston College. At Boston um, College, that's right. That is um, the Tuesday. So those those two games, um, obviously, uh, I not have a problem getting back for after the Wake Forest. And if we got time, we can and we can talk about it in between. Um, we, we will. But for now, we're going to leave you with a, a little NC State preview. And, um, you know, Joe is, is going to pretty much handle it because I'm – don't really have much. I can just tell you this, that the all-time series between Syracuse and NC State sits at 12-6 and six in favor of the Orange. Syracuse is on a five-game win streak against uh, NC State right now. Last year's game, 75-72 win. Mintz, Gerard, Edwards, Bell, and Brown. You're starting five. Mintz with 20 points. Edwards with um, 16 rebounds. And uh, I'll tell you that the... This is a team that's definitely not as deep as as, uh, as Florida State. They're only going to run about eight deep. Um, still, though, athletic guys. And you've got um, J.J. Burns, who we all know, right? Big, heavy uh, dude down the – yeah. What did I say? I think J.J. Yeah, D.J. Burns, um, who's the big, heavy anchor of uh, 6'9", 275. <laughs> He's an immovable object down there, Joe. But um, I haven't seen much NC State this year, so so um, familiarize us, Joe. Do what you can here. Pick up my uh, slack. Well, I'll do what I can, but, um, you know, NC State, obviously, they had a great run last year. Um, they <laughs> lost both their guards to the, to the NBA in graduation. And um, 
They had Marcel come back. Um, that's a name that we know. Transferred from Virginia, went to NC State. He's a senior, Casey Marcel. Um, DJ Horn, a guard, they added through the transfer portal. He's a senior through Arizona State. He's their leading scorer currently right now. Um, they have a uh, junior guard, uh, Jaden Taylor, who was a transfer from, and this is their starting lineup, at least last last game against Virginia Tech. But um, Jaden Taylor, he's a transfer from Butler. And they also start a six foot six freshman guard, Dennis Parker Jr. from uh, Richmond, Virginia, alongside DJ Burns. So um, they go four guard heavy as far as in the beginning of the game. Um, Taylor, Horn, and Marcel, they get a majority of the minutes. Horn and Marcel most likely won't come out of the game unless they're in foul trouble. Um, but they've also been getting um, some bench help. From uh, 6'10 forward, junior uh, Ben Middlebrooks. And they also have a Mohamed Diara, who's a 6'10 um, forward from France, who was a uh, transfer from Missouri as well. So they have a lot of guys from the transfer portal. They got a lot of um, experience. And the other guard that comes off that I can't, can't forget about him, Michael O'Connell, He's a 6'2 guard from uh, Mineola, New York. He's a senior, and he transferred from Stanford. So, um, yeah, this isn't an overly tall physical team like we've dealt with. Like, I mean, they got big guys, right? Burns is big, DR is big, Middlebrooks is big. But they're not like the Florida State and North Carolina bigs. They're not, um, but they're not as athletic as them either, but they're athletic enough. I mean – Burns is just a big dude. Right. So, um, you know, rebounding is obviously going to be tough, and Burns is a big dude down there. Um, and it's always fun to see us play against these new teams when we're not playing against the zone, right? Because obviously, you know, NC State, they kind of struggled against the zone, and we're on a five-game winning streak. So it would be interesting to see if that's something that we go to, if, you know, we, we, we feel like it's necessary. But – this NC State um, team, I mean, they're pretty good, dude. They don't have a lot of – I mean, they, I think they lost to – their only two losses are to Virginia Tech in North Carolina um, as far as in the ACC conference. Their other games, they lost to BYU and Ole Miss in a, in a tournament over the, the holidays, and then they lost a the game against Tennessee, which we lost. And so like a point, opponent, they only lost by nine. Um, so – the NC State team, they're good. I talked to fans around here. They're excited about them. They were really they, – they didn't know what to think, but, you know, they bring in those, you know, four transfer portal guys from Stanford, Missouri, Butler, in um, Arizona State, and they all are a little bit older, a little bit more experienced for the most part. Um, so we're dealing with an experienced team, and um, that's going to be really the biggest thing is can we – can we keep our composure and not allow these guys to um, to overwhelm, you know, our younger players? But thankfully for us, their older, more experienced players that kind of play the most minutes are guards, and that's where we're deep as well. So I think we match up well there. It's more or less, I think, the main thing is going to come down to, you know, I think what it always comes down to is just teams like this that are physical and got big guys, um, how are we going to deal with them? You know, how are their big guys and their physicality on defense? Um, 
what does that look like comparable to a North Carolina or a Florida State? Because just like you, I haven't seen enough of them, and I don't know if anybody's interested, but they are playing um, Virginia at Virginia tonight. Yeah, right. So, but like I said, by the time anybody hears our voices, that may be over. Yeah, it might be over. No, it's not going to be over. It starts at 7, but I'm just saying, I mean, well, yeah, okay, I get it. Um, yeah. But yeah, so nonetheless... Um, if anybody gets to watch that, then that's going to give you a little bit of a preview of what you got with NC State. But, um, but yeah, no, definitely not. There's a team on the rise. Not an easy game. Um, obviously, it's a home game, and their net ranking isn't high because they they started way back in the rankings too. So of course, if we end up losing this, we'll probably drop another twelve in the freaking net, which doesn't make any sense because they're five and two in conference. And there are seventy seven. And they lost against uh, Virginia Tech recently, and they dropped. They went up two. <laughs> so, whatever. <laughs> no rubber, bro. There's no rubber. It's probably because they were on the road. Like, I feel like sometimes some of those things, like, you know, you lose. You win a home game, you don't go up that much. You lose a home game, you, you go down a whole like lot. a rock. You lose a whole, you lose away game, you don't go down that much. You win an away game, you go up. Like, I think they might have too much. Uh, too, much too much on the uh, home on the home and home and away game. Yeah. Advantage disadvantage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's possible. You know, um, if you show out like the Syracuse fans did last night, it doesn't matter. Anyway, that's my. <laughs> that's, <laughs> I mean, can we take crowd size and noise factor into it if we're going to do that? Okay, well, they had a home game, but the crowd sucks. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to, you know, divvy that up, cut that in half. And, you know, instead of losing 12 spots, Syracuse loses six. Yep. Yep. Uh, um, yep. All right, do we want to pick this game? Not really. Not really, neither do I. As far as the state game goes, I mean, this is the new, this is the new, this is the new NCAA, right? Like, it's hard. You, you watch, you watch a team one year. And they go to the tournament. They had a pretty good year last year. And then they graduate a bunch of guys. And you're like, well, what's going to happen? And lo and behold, oh, don't worry. Next year, three brand new starters to the transfer portal. And, you know, it's, it's, two, you could two, fix it. Two, sub, two of your main subs off the bench, transfer portal. So just completely, you know, gone are the days where you can go two, three, four years and, you know, grow with these teams and, and you know, look forward to matchups that have been going on for years. Yeah, it's just that's just not a thing anymore. No. Nope. Be lucky to keep our rivalries like Pitt and Boston College, Notre Dame. You know, we'll be lucky to keep those. I think in the near future, unfortunately. Yep. And um, mm-hmm. for me, as rivalries go, as far as rivalries go, that's what I'm kind of. Those are the teams, and if we don't play those teams, if something happens, um, it's gonna suck. I already hate what they're doing to football. I mean, I hate SMU and, and Cal and these clowns in in the ACC. I just, it doesn't even make any sense. It's not the ACC. Call something else. Because those aren't Atlantic Coast teams. Still, well, don't worry, because next year there's going to be like 17 teams in the Big Ten. So that makes sense. <laughs> Big 17. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. So stupid. Um, okay. All right. Well, let's do this, dude. Um, you know... We're going to go ahead and we're going to scratch off. Uh, we're not even going to talk about last game. That was the first game, by the way, that we did not project the correct winner. I don't know if you knew that, Joe. Actually, I did. Okay. 
Now, if I'm wrong, David will call me out, but I'm pretty sure. I didn't keep track of that, but I'm pretty sure we were we were 100% on picking the actual winner. So, um, okay, look, Syracuse has done a really good job of rebounding. The only time they didn't rebound after a loss was during the Maui Invitational and losing to Gonzaga, right? So um, I don't think these, these past two teams after we play NC State are, are that caliber of team. We're at home. I expect Syracuse to, to dust themselves off and try to come back and win this thing. Do I really think they're going to, or do I just really want to pick them to? And my answer would be this. I don't know. I don't know if I, I, I don't know. I really don't know if they can win this game. However, I'm going to ride the Syracuse Tide, and I'm going to bring that puppy to shore because I am, I've got to believe that the resiliency of this team and the fight in this team that we've seen is still there enough to, to at least make this close, if not win this thing. So I'm going to go with Syracuse, Joe, and um, against my, my gut. And um, I just t- talk myself into it. And uh, out of the two games that that we talked about, this this one in Florida State, I thought this was the the tougher of the two. And I still think that. But you yourself, Joe, you're the guy that says it, it's it's the sports are games of matchups. And I just don't feel like that was a great matchup. No, I don't think this is a great matchup either. But I think it's better personally. So. Um, I think it fits our game a little bit better. You talk about what Judah does, getting people in foul trouble and stuff like that. He's actually got a shot to do that. And um, you've just got, I think, I think Malik Brown can jump higher than Burns. So there's you that. think? <laughs> so there's that. It's so, like playing. Um, I know. So anyway, all right. I'm done playing around. Um, okay, I'm going to stick around the same range I've been at. Um, Syracuse struggling to break 70 points, but I think they're going to do it. I think it's 72-69. It's going to come down to making foul shots at the end for Syracuse in a tight one. Joe, what do you think? Um, yeah, I'm kind of right there with you. Um We have we have rebounded from losses. Obviously, you take away the Maui Invitational, and um, you know another home game. This is Saturday. Hoping that we will get a better outcome of fans than we had last Saturday or last night. Um, but again, I think it's it's a better matchup, um, and obviously not as deep. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm just gonna ride with it. Um, but it's going to be a little bit closer for me. Um, and I think it's going to be a little ugly, too. It's, you know, like I said, I, I think we come back from that. I think that Quadier Copeland comes back from that, um, you know, hitting a game winner and then having a, a game like that. Probably the worst but, game he's had all year. Probably, yeah. So, um, so yeah, we got to get back to that. And honestly, like I said, I just don't – I don't think that um, – that NC State puts in is I don't want to say that that's those bad words bad words um, I don't think that NC State just plays as aggressive on defense because of the fact that they have um, specific players that they just can't lose if they want to stay in games mm-hmm. so yeah you know to your point they go about three deep um, they can go deeper but they like to go three deep 
and obviously keep Burns and all them out of foul trouble. But Burns is is not a guy that's going to play, you know, 25 minutes plus a game. Um, so just got to be smart with that. I just don't think they have the um, the wiggle room as far as a roster to be able to play with different lineups and bring in a whole bunch of different big guys. You know, they bring they bring big guys in to sub out for um, for Burns not so to put two or three on the floor at the same time to make it a crazy mismatch. So um, different team, different matchup. I feel like we have had their number. Uh, I feel like we will go to zone if we need to because we've proven that we can stop that uh, their type of offense, their system for the past five games. So I'm going to go a little bit lower, though. I'm going to go – I'm going to stick with the 69. I think we get 69, and I think um, NC State's 67. Wow, okay. Um. My a real quick shout out to my buddy Matt, my buddy Matt who um, made me the, the the Syracuse rug. I put it on Twitter. Um, he does custom rugs, and um, he made me a he made me a Syracuse one for with auto on it for Christmas. Did you see it, Joe? No, I didn't. You didn't see it. Hold on. Let me let me hold this up just super quick. I got a quick I got a quick story. Gosh damn it! All right. So can you see that? Oh yeah. Okay. Well, that's nice. It's nice, right? It's super. Yeah. It's super, super comfortable. Like puffy and it's, comfortable. It's. I stand on it when I podcast, okay? Because I stand when I podcast, and I, I, um, I use it, and I stand on it, and it's super comfortable, and I love it, and it's. Dan? It's a cool rug. I thought you'd been sitting down. <laughs> hey, time. f off, okay? Oh, I bet. Um, but anyways, so I put it on Twitter, and he had in their expenses. It's not. It's. It's not cheap to make. In the amount of hours that he's got to put into it, he's got to sell these things for like two two fifty. I think he's he's making them here in Virginia Beach. Um, he he makes them in Virginia Beach and he sells them for two fifty. That's with shipping, right? So he's right. had he's had a lot of people contact him and um, want rugs and you know he's giving them prices and they haven't come back. But Dan Valari came to Matt, my buddy Matt, and um, wants a rug. So my buddy is making Dan Valari a. Uh, a, a a a rug with his number on it with auto on it. I thought that was pretty oh, cool. Wow. Yeah. So is that from your Twitter? From our Twitter? Yeah, yeah. It's from. It has to be. It's the only place um, I put it. Huh. I don't even think I put it on Facebook. But he oh he sent Matt a picture of my a picture of uh, my post my my tweet or my X or whatever the hell it's called and sent it to Matt and his DMs and said hey can you make me one of these and Matt's like well I can make make you that but how about we put your incorporate your number on it or something and Dan was like oh yeah yeah that's cool so my 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 buddy Matt's got it all designed up and um just awaiting approval from Dan the man and um I thought that was pretty cool so anyways um all right look I appreciate all of you for hanging in there through the good and the bad times. We'll uh, we'll see what happens Saturday. Uh, we're we're going to really see what this team's made of on Saturday. And I imagine uh, I expect to see fight. So we will be back the next time we're back. And I appreciate all of you for tuning in. For Joe, I'm Sean. Wow. Peace.